Uh, our devotion from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6, has really one big idea, and it's a, a farming idea applied to giving as Christians. So when it comes to investing your resources in the kingdom of God, so small, reap small, so big, reap big. When I say sow, I mean like sowing seeds in a field or in a garden. So small, plant very few seeds, you'll reap small, you'll, you'll reap very few crops. So big, plant a lot of seeds, you'll reap big, you'll reap a lot of crops. That's how it works for investing in the kingdom with our resources as well. So let's go ahead and flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I see Jeff is watching, Ron and Jan are here, Martha, hello, Rick and Tina. Uh, oh, it's cutting in and out, Rick says. I wonder if that's my internet because I'm outside. Hopefully it's okay. So small, reap small. So big, reap big. Let's read verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So this is just a beautiful metaphor for Christian giving and investing in the kingdom. And I can, I can feel your resistance as you start to hear this because it's such a great fundraising passage. And you're probably thinking, guard your wallets, guard your bank accounts. Matt's coming for your money. The Bible's coming for your money. But before you get too defensive, let's read on to verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So as a Christian, God doesn't ask you to give anything that you're going to give or under compulsion. He's not trying to compel you to give against your will. He wants us to mature to a point where giving is a cheerful endeavor to us. And he leaves it up to our freedom to decide in our hearts how we will give. And so when you give to the kingdom, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it will be according to how you've decided in your heart. It won't be because um, I or any other Christian leader said you must give this amount to these kingdom calls. It'll be a prayerful, cheerful decision that you make. Now, why would anybody about giving away their resources, whether that's their money or their time or their energy or their stuff. Well, let's read on into verse 8. One of the most sweeping promises in all of the Bible is applied here to Christian giving to kingdom causes. Verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all Times, you may abound in every good work. That is an amazingly comprehensive promise. God is able basically to give you anything and everything that you would ever need in order for you to do works. In this case, for the Corinthians to give to this collection he's gathering for Christians in need in Jerusalem. And then he, he uh, bolsters that promise with two truths in the following verses. Um, one, the first one, is the quote from that psalm that I read at the beginning. It just makes the point that God has always been our supply. Let's read verses 9 and 10. 
As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So God has always been our supplier when it comes to the resources we need to use for the kingdom. It's always been this way. And then the second point he makes is about why God would want to give us these resources and encourage our giving in the first place. Uh, for this, we'll read the whole rest of the passage, verses 11 through 15. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So in other words, he, he wants to give us resources so that we can cheerfully give those resources to those in need, not just so that we can meet those needs, although that's great, but beyond that, so that it will generate thanksgiving and praise, which is an idea that's already come up in 2 Corinthians once, and here it is again. Verse 13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God, and that's what he's really after. He, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So, so small, reap small, so big, reap big. What are we reaping by our sowing these seeds of generosity into the kingdom? We're reaping glory to God. We're reaping uh, thanksgiving that is produced in the recipients of our generosity that will go to God in gratitude and in praise and, and prayer and song and rejoicing. That's what we want to reap with our generosity. Uh, now, some of you who are savvy might be hearing some of this and be a little on guard because it almost sounds like the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is a false gospel that many preach, especially TV preachers and uh, many popular authors, which basically says, if you're faithful, God's going to give you tons of wealth and luxury and all these great things for you to just sort of enjoy. This kind of comes close to saying that, but not exactly. What this does say is that it's true. You can't outgive God. You've probably heard that phrase. Um, God is always able to replenish what you need to continue to give. But the purpose for what he gives you is for you to give it away to others, for you to use for ministry, for you to use to serve people, for you to use for his glory. The purpose of what he gives you isn't for you to hoard it for your own enjoyment. And I think the application for this devotional passage is pretty clearly stated back up in verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I think for us to respond to this is to consider how would we like to give? What, what um, kingdom initiatives would we like to give to? Are there individuals that we know are in need that we would like to give to in a secret and private way? Or um, It could be any number of things, and it's up to each of us to prayerfully before the Lord and with our finances in front of us, determine how we would like to give 
and it will be to us a blessing and a joy to do that. Uh, April's almost over, a new month is at hand, so it's a great time to refresh uh, your budget or to start a budget if you're not on one. And to do like we talked about yesterday from 2 Corinthians 9 and plan for this. See if there's ways you can maybe cut out a couple of your usual expenses in order to free up money for generosity and determine in your heart how you'd like to use that to produce thanksgiving and glory to God. But whatever you do, I pray that it would be cheerful and that it would be a heart determination that you make in close fellowship with God. And I'll leave you with the final verse, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It is a gift to be able to participate in the kingdom in any way because none of us deserve it. It's only through Jesus Christ that we get to be part of the kingdom and then blessing of all blessings, we also get to contribute to it.